Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast with Philip Washington Jr. Today, Philip talks about how much do I need in my emergency fund? Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. We are back with another episode of Wealth Building Made Simple. For those of you who have not checked out the newsletter, go to wealthbuildingmadesimple.us. Um, I post daily perspectives, which is taking everything going on in the world and processing it through a positive filter. And I also uh, go deeper on issues like today we're talking about um, how to know how much money you need in your emergency fund. Uh, but today, I went even deeper and gave some specific like guidelines for how to know like the proper amount for you. Um, so check it out. We also have a January 9th uh, live webinar uh, that we're doing on Zoom available to subscribers only, where we're talking about how to create a stress-free uh, or stress-free debt management and money man- or not debt management budget budgeting and money management um, process. So it's it's something that I've used for m- myself and clients uh, that I'm sharing only available to subscribers. 25 bucks a month or 200 bucks a year. It's a no-brainer if you are uh, wanting to improve your finances. Check it out, wealthbuildingmadesimple.us. But let's get into it. So how much, how much cash should you have? And for some people might be thinking, Philip, haven't you really been beating up cash lately, right? Aren't you saying like cash is trash and inflation? Don't you not want to own a ton of cash when they're making the value of it worth less? So there, there are there are two parts to wealth building that I think about. There's the subjective part or the feeling part, uh, and then there's the objective, like like the like the actual facts and processes and all those things, right? This it's the art and the science, and so balance is using both, right? You, you don't really want to go to art because you have no foundation, uh, but you also don't want to go to science because you leave no room for individuality, um, and so you want to balance both, right? So um, from a, from a from an art perspective, right? The level, the, the amount of cash that you have is unique to like what makes you feel comfortable. Uh, and that's that's an individual like perfect uh, or, or uh, personal preference, right? There's no there's no magic number. Um, the the downside to doing like what's smart, right? So some people might say uh, or some people in their financial planning and I've done it multiple times in the past. Right. And, and I've learned um, from this mistake more times than I want to admit. But a lot of times, like when you're highly intelligent, like our intelligence sometimes or oftentimes surpasses our uh, uh, our emotional intelligence, right? Our intellectual intelligence gets ahead of our emotional intelligence. And then that creates like a lot of stress. Uh, and, and the stress like makes you do, uh, makes, makes you make mistakes, 
Um, so, so like, like I'll use a non-financial example. It's like the atom bomb, right? Like we just we discovered the power inherent in atoms, and instead of using it to power the world, we like blew up people. You know, that's an example of like intellect getting ahead of our emotional maturity or intelligence, which is the same way to say the same word. So, um, so same same with your finances. So, uh, so what what you what you what you really want to do is um, be where you are. Let me give an example. Uh, let's say you are a. Um, I'm gonna give a. I'm gonna give a, an example of somebody who is uh, not a real person, but similar to some real circumstances that that I've talked to clients about. Um, so let's say you're a contract worker. A lot of people are becoming contract workers, right? It is. It's maybe called freelance. Maybe it's called a solopreneur. But it's more like you're working on a contract. Um, and the other facts might be you are highly marketable. So meaning like your skill set is in the trend of where the world is going and you're good at it and you're confident and you got a lot of experience. And so you're not going to, even though you might have a contract for six months, eight months, a year, uh, you are probably going to be able to renew your contract at the end of that point in time, right? Especially because you have lots of people who are already trying to hire you for the next contract in the current moment. So, so you have those circumstances. But then you balance that with also um, you have long-term financial goals you want, but you you don't have the amount of cash that makes you comfortable, right? Even though intellectually you understand what I just told you about the facts of your situation, you're, you're in high demand, you probably won't have a problem uh, um, finding another employment, but just emotionally you don't feel comfortable with the level of cash you have. And so, so then... That's where it might make sense to say, all right, what level of cash would make you feel comfortable, right? In, in that example, I might, you know, I might say, is it, does a year make you feel comfortable? A year of cash on hand? So that way, uh, no matter if, if it takes you a year to get another contract, which is a far out scenario, um, you're good. Um, you may say, yeah. Or you may say, nah, I, you know, I'd be good with six months. Okay, then six months might be your number, right? Um also, maybe it's maybe you might a year might not be enough. Maybe it's two years, right? Um, you also can throw in there. Do you plan to buy a home? You got kids, other bills, right? Which which will push you, you know, further a year or less than a year, depending on your situation. But those are things you want to think about, talk about, write out, or talk with a with your wealth manager, or financial advisor, and then settle on a number that feels good. So so don't like understand the facts. But then respect which number feels right based on where you feel. If you say six months and that feels good, do that. Because what will happen is if you begin to invest money in places that are uncertain beyond the amount of cash you have and you have the uncertainty of your financial situation, you're going to be a terrible investor because the worry, you're, you're compounding your worry, right? Because the market fluctuations are going to bring uh, worry that you're going to have to work through. And you don't want to compound that worry with job insecurity because then that double down and and it will cause you to probably be less good at your career because you're worried and you can't be the best when you're worried. And it may cause you to make an investment decision that is not the best investment decision for you 
because you're worried. So, so don't judge yourself based on where you are emotionally. Uh, be where you are. And, and then once you pick it, then you can uh, educate yourself, listen to great podcasts that help you increase your emotional intelligence around money, right? Do all your positive affirmations, meditate, talk to people who you know that have uh, good money, speak with your advisor quarterly or however often you meet, um, like do things to build your emotional intelligence around it. And then maybe three months, six months, a year from now, you may change uh, the amount of cash that you feel like you need, but, but balancing like the facts with how you feel is a good balanced way to make money because and it, and I don't even think it really slows. Some, some people think, oh, it's, but it's going to slow down my wealth building plan. Well, that thought process is a is a thought that is like an impatient thought, which is not a good place to come from. So that's not a really thought that you really want to entertain. Uh, what 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 actually happens is the better you feel, the more open your mindset becomes to wealth. Right. So for example. We all understand that if we trans transported Warren Buffett's mind into my body, I'd, I'd be a billionaire in like five years, right? Just because his emotional his emotional set point around money is much more advanced than mine, right? Like he 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 is he expects to make lots of money, and so like we have the same basic DNA. Right. I mean, you got the nuances of preferences of how we look, but like from a, if you look at my brain, his brain, like it's basically the same, um, just different, different life experience. So he'll take his, you know, energetic mind into my body and express billions where I can't, but that's just because he's opened up the proper pathways that allow him to see opportunities and attract things that I'm just not ready to attract yet. And, and and that's fine. That's okay. But I'm saying like the better you, the better you feel about your financial situation, the better you feel about your money, the more those paths open, and then you begin to see things that you currently couldn't see. Like it's it's the equivalent of um, a, a a lot of a lot of opportunities that are great investments and great business opportunities are not. I, I had somebody say, Philip, man, every time every time I talk to you. It feels like you're telling me something that I shouldn't know, right? That that the powers that be don't want us to know. And I was like, no, like this is being this is being reported like on the news in the main media. It's not being hidden from you. We all just have different levels of understanding based on like where we are emotionally on that subject. You know, when it comes to fixing stuff, I get real, you know, slow in my thinking. It takes me a lot, right? Because it just is something that I'm not interested in that much. And so I just have a bigger uphill battle uh, on that particular um, subject. Um, let me end it with a couple of things. So um, many people have many people have a lot of money. Like like a lot of people think when I get money, my stress is going to be over. Right? When I have a bunch of money coming in or a bunch of money, you know, like if if you had a million dollars a day coming in, which is a lot of money, like if you had a million dollars a day coming in, you might think you would have no stress, right? But it depends on the power you use to get there. So if you if you got if you got to a million dollars a day and you did it through sheer will, determination, intellectual thought only, I call it science only, process only, and you didn't raise your emotional intelligence. Uh, along with the process to match where you are intellectually, then you're gonna like be stressed the heck out 
with a million dollars a day because because now you got to figure out every day where do I put the money? How do I keep it safe? You don't have FDIC insurance when you got that amount of money. That that doesn't do that doesn't do anything. Then then you got people that are overseeing your money. You got you you guaranteed to have something every single day that messes up either with your investments or where your money is going. And so like you're all if you if you don't have the emotional intelligence to deal with that amount of money, then you're going to be str- it becomes a burden, right? You know, if it's stressful, that means you put faith in your process, right? You like it, you didn't your emotions didn't grow with your intellect around money. And so you you, you want to do both. It's super important. Uh, hope this helps uh, until next week. Spend a lot of time at wealthbuildingmadesimple.us. Talk to you soon. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to stonehillwealthmanagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.